Do you read Stephen King? Good news, there's a club for you. The Losers Club. And guess what? You don't have to die at the hands of a shape-shifting clown to join. No, all you have to do is tune in every Friday as us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. Each week, we'll either spend hours reading between the pages of one of his books or chew on his latest tweets and Hollywood headlines. What's more, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Mick Garris, Jerry O'Connell, Mary Lambert, Will Wheaton, and the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to Consequence of Sound, the podcast. This feed is home to all your favorite Consequence of Sound editorial content turned into bite-sized podcasts for the music fan on the go who wants to stay in the know. Most often, it's home to album reviews as well as features like track-by-track and artist interviews. Well, Lollapalooza just happened, and as a result, we've got a whole host of artist interviews from on-site at Lollapalooza. So join us as we discuss the history of this revered festival and defining performances with artists old and new to the Lollapalooza stage. I am Tyler Clark, here with Consequence of Sound and a couple of gentlemen from the Coronas. How's it going, guys? Really good. good. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Introduce yourselves to our our listeners. Cool. I'm Danny. I'm the lead singer of the Coronas. And I am Noxie, and I play bass. Awesome. So you guys... uh, you play bass. You just played bass. You uh, yeah. got a couple hours out from your uh, from your set. How'd it go? How was it? Oh right. man, yeah, yeah, it was awesome. We we had an absolute ball. It was uh, it's really cool to be here. We we we've been to this festival twice before, just as as fans. You know, we spent a summer here in 2007, and we just came down. And then a few years ago, maybe four years ago, we were here and just passing through. And when Lola was on, and we came to the festival, and I remember saying to ourselves, it'd be so cool to play here. And uh, we got to do it today, and it was pretty special. We played the Bud Light stage, we had a great crowd, wow. went really well. So we're, we're happy now. We're having a couple of drinks and enjoying the Sunday of Lola. <laughs> That's right. So what, I guess what's the difference of the, uh, the experience between like, being here as a performer compared to being here as a fan? Because, I mean, you've been to a couple of good ones. I mean, in 2007, mm. that, was a, that was a great one. That was the yeah. Daft Punk year and all that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, it was awesome. Um, but I don't know. I think up until today... It was exactly the same. I mean, yesterday we came in, just checked out a few bands, and, and you know, okay, maybe we didn't go as crazy as we might have gone because we had a show today, but uh, we we ju- we enjoyed yesterday just as fans, and, and, you know, after this interview, we think we've got one more interview to do, and then we'll be out, and we'll be, you know, we'll, we'll be we'll be checking out Jack White, and we'll be just enjoying the rest of the festival as fans, so um, I suppose the difference is today, yeah, we, we had to get up early, and, and you know, it's always a bit crazy when you're doing a festival, there's no sound check, it's a bit sort of... You're just sort of, uh, yeah, going with the flow and seeing what happens, and you don't know how big the crowd is going to be, who's going to be around, if it's going to be too hot for people, whatever, you know. But uh, so all that stuff can make it a little bit nerve-wracking when you're playing. It's a little bit out of your control, separate to when you're doing your own shows, you know. But uh, it's amazing. All that, all that stuff adds to the buzz of it, you know. When the gig goes well, then you're like, oh, that was great, and you have a bigger sort of payoff, you know. So I guess what was, just to stick on this for a second, like what was your favorite Lala memory before this year? Oh, uh, um Mine was Phoenix five years ago. Anyway, so yeah. and especially, I think it was the Sunday night of the Sunday night of the weekend. So it was just amazing. And then when we found out we were playing here and we were playing that same stage, it was just incredible. Yeah. So yeah, well, I remember when we came five years ago. Noxie had been telling me about this band who were going to be huge, and I was like, all right, whatever. He dragged me down to the American Eagle stage. I think it might have been called something else then, but uh, and it was Heim. 
and I'd never heard anything about Haim. And it was just before the first album got released, they had just an EP. And Noxie had been telling me, oh, this band are going to be great. And I was absolutely blown away, like, you know, and sure enough, they were huge and they are huge. But uh, I think that's a great thing about a festival is you can go and check out bands that you've never seen before, never heard of before, and just really go in impartial. Like last night, I went down to see Tash Sultana and I just heard one, one tune of hers, the Welcome to the Jungle song, and I didn't realize that it was all this lupel stuff and it was all, she's just so talented and puts on an amazing show. And I think that's, as I say, that, that's the best thing about festivals like this you know it's going to be a good standard in every stage and every slot and you can walk around and, and see bands you know so but definitely that high moment for me i was like wow these girls are amazing like you know and i guess also just like what's it like to be uh making your lollapalooza debut at this stage in your career specifically yeah. like how does that how does that right. feel yeah. <laughs> right okay <laughs> appreciate it more <laughs> i think that's it honestly you do like we've, we've played a lot of festivals but we know that this this means a great deal. I think maybe if we played it our first year that we were a band, we might have been just like, yeah, this is what it's going to be like forever. You know, we just play at whatever festivals, you know. But yeah, as Noxie said, I think you appreciate it more as, as, as you get older. We've had a couple of albums now and we've been around the block for, as so to speak, I suppose. But uh, we played at some huge festivals at home in Europe, but uh, this is the biggest festival we've ever played in the States. And, and I'm very proud to say that we played at it, you know. and literally just there 10 minutes ago talking about going out and buying a, a Lulla t-shirt because it has our name on there you know so it doesn't get old despite the fact that we play depends how much they are now yeah exactly <laughs> so we can afford it uh, but despite the fact that we play big festivals at home but it, we, we still really appreciate it and it, it means so much to be here like as I said we, we've spent time in Chicago before it's one of my favourite cities and you know we, we lived here for a few weeks a few years ago and it feels like in a weird way a home away from home definitely in the States I, I feel most at home when I'm in Chicago you know so it's uh, it's cool to be here. So I know that like uh, you guys were maybe at a little bit of, uh, or at least I think it, the the sense is that maybe you were at some kind of a crossroads uh, between the last album and the most recent one. Yeah. Um, so I guess like what? How did you navigate the you know those sort of like rocky waters and what did you maybe do differently on this last record that you maybe hadn't before? I think we, we, we're lucky that we're an independent label, so we, we didn't rush it. We, we, sort of, we knew that the songs maybe weren't 100% for the most recent album, and we, so we, we, we said, no, let's not record right now. Let's take another few months to finish it off and, and get it better. And, and thankfully, right at the end, we wrote a few songs that, that ended up being singles and I think made the most recent album a lot stronger. You know? and, and I think the experience of having a few albums, we knew that. You know? and I think that stood to us, and I think... I think also we've, we developed a bit of songwriters, we sort of, we didn't want to go over same ground as, as we had done before, so there was a lot of reasons why we took our time with it, and I think that was the biggest difference, you know, there was three, three years between The Long Way and Trust the Wire, and most of the albums before that were, it was always just two year gap, so we basically ended up taking pretty much a whole extra year to get this one right and make sure that we were doing it the right way, we just started our own label, moved back from being with a major in, in, in the UK, Island Records, who were uh, you know, are a great label, but it, it didn't really work out for us with them. You know, and we became one of the major label sob stories. But we, thankfully, we had a we had a, a, a fan base in in Ireland and, and around. You know, some in some places in Europe and, and and the rest of the world that sort of gave us a foundation for starting our own label and being able to do it on our own terms. And to me, that was the biggest change. Yeah. I don't know what do you. Think? It was the first time um, ever recording with the same producer again. So the last yeah. two albums, same producer. So obviously we went into the studio and we knew him, we knew how it works and he knew us and he want, knew we wanted to develop and um, there were certain glimpses on the 
two albums back was uh, the yeah, long way. The long way, yeah. That we liked that he was pushing. But, um, but then, so we'd, we knew how to go about it this time better than Yeah, before, I think that was yeah. a really good point. That, that's Because we never really have huge conversations about how we want the, ne- the album to sound, like a big meetings about this is going to sound this way, let's go this way. But as Noxie said, there was a couple of songs on the album before last that we were all gravitating towards and we just knew that that was the direction we were going to go a bit more with the next one and that was just a natural progr- yeah. Pro- process so yeah that, that was one change big time yeah and it seems to have really paid off because I know that uh, you guys you hit number one in Ireland yeah. do you remember the moment that you found out that that had that you'd yeah, gone number one the day of our uh, drummer's wedding really yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we, were, we, we were, didn't even care about the wedding we no. were just celebrating the number one no, because marriage. Jim, Jim, our manager, during the week, was like, "Okay, so it's close. You might be getting a number one, but it's going to be close." And after he told us that, we were like, "Oh, it's going to be crap now if we don't get the number one." Yeah, it's going to the be day, the day, on the, the way. day Egan gets married. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we were lucky that we did get the number one. And we actually, all had a great day. Uh, Connor, our drummer, his wife is here today as well, so it's cool that she came over for this show. But uh, I felt happiest for her. Because if we hadn't have got the number one that day of his wedding, that she would have been like, "Oh no, my wedding is ruined." Speeches would have been pretty <laughs> yeah, yeah. depressing. <laughs> but uh, so we had a double celebration. But yeah, it was it was a lot of hard work payoff. I mean, we we've, we've had number twos and number threes. I mean, it sounds like I'm talking about going to the bathroom, but we've, we've had number two albums and we've had uh, n- number threes. But um, we, you know, I suppose those things, to in a certain extent, they're not that important. But it's cool to, to be able to add it to your bio and say, you know, as you say, like get asked about it and, and it is something to be proud of, I suppose. So it was cool when it happened. But the main thing is that we're proud of the albums, you know, and, and you know, people like them. That's more important than, you know, the figures you do in your first week, you know. But it is a nice thing to say, as, as I say, and to have on the top of your bio, you know. So what are, what are the, uh, just thinking about it now, sort of like looking back and everything and like where you are now and where you've come from, like what are the biggest lessons that you feel like you've learned from starting out to like sitting here right now well I, I think Nox said there a second ago it's almost appreciation a bit sometimes when you're going with it in the first couple of albums we didn't really know what you're doing and there's a certain charm to that naivety as well but I think as we've sort of gotten older we've grown to appreciate that we're lucky that we're in a ba- we have a job that we love for a start you know and we, we get to do this for a career we get to write music I had a really interesting conversation with a taxi driver yesterday and he's a musician here, and, and, and he was like, oh man, it's so cool that you guys are playing a Lulla, and you know, you're writing original music, and you're playing your original music. He's like, it doesn't matter how big you are, as long as you can do it as a career, that's like, that's all I would love to do in my life. Like, and I, sometimes you need little reminders like that to go, you know what, we are fucking lucky, you know, sorry for cursing, I hope that's okay. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. encouraged even. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I think we've appreciated it more as, as, as we've continued to do it also our own relationship we're all friends and we all like hanging out and we like touring and I think we're lucky that we have that bond you know and, and you know Noxie was was best man at Connor's wedding Connor's best man at his wedding you know we're all really proper close and me myself and Graham have been friends since we were kids you know and I think having that bond and going through it together um, has, has, has made a big difference for us and I think again as, as we've continue to do it we realize that that's a pretty cool thing like that we we get to do this with our friends and we get to enjoy it i think also the surprise is that we've continued to have huge success at home like you know it's it's like we're, we're a few albums in now and we're still like selling big shows in ireland like and still getting radio play and competing with the new young bands and you know and, and that's a really cool thing to have because it, as i say it gives us a great foundation for traveling and, and trying to build things out overseas so 
Yeah, I think appreciation for me is the big, big thing that changes. Does that even answer your question? Where do we start? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I think absolutely. I just went on a rant. <laughs> uh, so also something that I think about a lot when um, you know when I'm preparing for things like this and and uh, you know looking at bands from around the world, I feel like here in the states at least, like the phrase Irish music has a very like specific connotation. You know, yeah. you've got like the like trad sessions and like Aaron sweaters and the Clancy brothers and all that yeah, yeah. kind of stuff. So if you guys could redefine that phrase for the 21st century, like what would you, what would you want it to include? Like what would you want people to think of when they think of Irish music? Yeah. I don't know. I would like to think, cause I think one thing that is constant through that stuff with the Clancy brothers and all that stuff and true new wave of, of Irish rock music is storytelling and, and, and good songs. I think good songs are important. You look at like U2, Van Morrison, Thin Lizzy, you know. It's got a soul to it. Yeah, it's got a soul. It's always got a soul. It's never sort of gimmicky. It's always got at the core of everything, What no matter what genre. Yeah, there is the gimmicky Irish music. Well, well there That's, is the yeah. gimmicky, I suppose, if you look at the trad thing and, and yeah, go on that angle. But, diddly eye. But I think for the songs, it's, we're a nation of songs, like I think. Definitely, and now there is a new wave of coming through. And you look at Hosier and the success he's had in the last few years, and you know there's some huge bands coming through. There's a whole, whole new wave of acts coming through. I saw a great song, singer-songwriter was here on Friday called Dermot Kennedy. He's amazing. There's uh, there's like obviously the people who just went before us, like a Snow Patrol and Damien Rice. Again, all just good songs, good song bands and acts, you know. And and now there's a whole new wave. Gavin James, Code Line, Walking on Cars bands like ourselves who are on the back of that as well so I think yeah I would like to think that and it's funny because you you do get a, in a weird way you get a little bit more respect I think when you come and say you're an Irish band and in America especially and really all over the world because people are like oh they get, sort of give you an extra minute they give you an extra minute of their time because they sort of oh I've got a cousin who's Irish or I've got someone friend of a friend who's from there and I like that song and I like that band so or they love you too, or whatever it is, you know. And, and I think that that has stood to us. And yeah, I don't know. I, th I think that's the thing. We, we, I suppose there's so much music in Ireland. Like, if you don't have good songs, you won't last in, in, on the Irish music scene. Never mind getting out of Ireland. So, I think for for me anyway, it's it's songwriting. So yesterday, um, this was something I didn't know until um, you know finding out yesterday during like the news updates and everything. Apparently it was the first ever Barack Obama day in Illinois. It's his like official no holiday. He's got a state holiday now. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you guys you guys played for him or like yeah. at an event that he was at in in Ireland in 2011. Yeah, yeah, uh, we met him. Yeah. I, oh, great! How did that uh, opportunity come to pass? I accidentally what? touched Michelle's ass as well. No way! Yeah, you I didn't even know that. Oh, it was really awkward. Um, so, <laughs> is it accidental when you grab a handful? No, so. We were there and we got to meet um, Barack and Michelle and that was great. And then they left the room and there was like, like Gabriel Byrne and Daniel Day-Lewis and like loads of Irish sports people and loads of bands were there as well. And we were just in a room and then they left after that. And then um, the photographer comes in and goes, okay guys, we have one shot with all of you with Barack and Michelle. So I'm gonna line you up. They're gonna come in and they're gonna walk in. They're gonna go know where they're going. They're going to take the shot and then they're going to walk out because we're really busy. We're like, fine, it's fine. So we're in the middle and then Michelle Baracko's at the front. She's with a like Jedward or like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and Michelle's you there. You to feel. Michelle's squeezing by, squeezing by. Now I have my hands down by my side and she's there squeezing in to get into the middle of the pe people. And uh, <laughs> just the, the back of my hand just kind of touched off her ass. 
and she turned around and I was like there's a guy beside her with a machine gun so I was <laughs> I was just like holy fuck and uh, and she just goes are you alright honey and I was I'm so sorry I'm so sorry and then she's like think nothing of it just kept Whoa. on walking and I was just I, she took absolute that as a shock it was an accident it was 100% accident that is so in cool in case she's listening I can't believe I didn't know that maybe you did tell me and I forgot that's yeah. amazing but yeah, yeah it basically came about it was a really cool thing that happened you know and he was doing a tour of Ireland and, and sort of yeah I think they, they, they do this thing before he was getting re-elected where they sort of want to garner up publicity for the, for the you know the expats the, the Irish American audience and he came to Ireland for a weekend and we, they had a big sort of welcoming party for him in College Green and they put on a few bands and we got to play, we played a couple of songs, got to meet him. And, uh, but funnily enough, we were actually in Chicago when he first got inaugurated. And, he, and the buzz here was amazing. When, he, when, he, when we first, first found out, was it his inauguration or was he actually found out that he won the election? Uh, inauguration, I, I think. I think we were in San Francisco when we found out. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it, it was cool. But it, it, like, he, uh, he was really nice. We got to shake his hand after. He was like saying hello I was beside Podrick Harrington this Irish golfer and he was talking about golf to the to, to Obama so yeah it, it was a really nice thing to to yeah to meet him and, and to play for him but uh, yeah very random like so totally strange <laughs> yeah. like you know well this one this uh, just a couple more and this one's yeah. mostly for me just because you know I'm, I'm interested in this uh, uh, so if I'm you Dublin based right yeah. um, I'm planning a trip Cool. I'm coming over. Uh, so, where are the best places for live music in Dublin? If uh, uh, if I can get just some some vetted recommendations yeah. for my feel like people who probably know better than most. I'd say Whelan's. Yeah. Whelan's. Whelan's. A, yeah. It's on Wexford Street. Yeah, it's called Whelan's, and it's it's really really good. W H E L A N S. And we played many shows there, but they they have like music in the front bar almost every night. With would just be a cool jazz band like or, or something going on that's just free of charge. But then the back venue, there's always a, a gig almost every night of the week yeah. a few nights a week yeah. anyway and there'll be a gig on and, and like they don't take in bad bands you know you could just wander in and see a good band so that, that that's always good um, and then there's like there's some like the mercantile has good traditional music like there's there's some there's, there's probably a few others I would start in Wheels let's just give you one to start you ask there All right. I mean what's that other place uh, uh not the Grand Social on the other side, the U2 place. Um, anyway, well, I'll tell you after. I right. send you a text. Look up the, Oli- uh, the Olympia Theatre as well. Oh, oh yeah. And if there's a band that you know or recognise, like it's quite a big venue, but it's yeah. it's an old, very old uh, theatre. Theatre, beautiful theatre. Yeah, so definitely check that out. you get to go there, idea, but yeah. it's, was, not, it's not a walk-up place. Like, you'll have to have a ticket. And like, I was going to say, you guys have done, like, uh, you do, like, Christmas shows there sometimes, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, we do, yeah, yeah. How is that? I mean, that must be such a nice, like, experience, like, around the holidays especially, to be able to, like... Play to a hometown audience and like it's cool yeah. and it's sort of taken on a new life of its own it's, it's every year now we play a couple of nights there this year we'll be back there again in december it's just a really as noxie says it's a great old theater it's got a really nice atmosphere it's just something special it's one of those rooms that just even if you go to a gig there it, it the atmosphere is amazing and it's it's big but it's not too big it's still intimate and uh so we we just sort of have this reputation of putting on christmas shows there and we do every year and even despite what we're doing you know when it comes to this Christmas we're going to be just coming back from spending like two months on the road we're going to be touring all over America and then Australia and then we have those shows at Christmas to come home and look forward to and then Christmas itself to hang out with the family and also it's always a, a, a great thing that we look forward to at the end of each of our year you know 
All right, just one last one here before I let you guys go. I've been Please. asking uh, everybody who uh, who's from someplace that's not Chicago, basically. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a ton of great bands out there, ton of great bands from Ireland. Who are the bands, other than yourself, that we should all be paying attention to? From, from Ireland? Ireland? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want to take it first? Uh, I think. <laughs> I'm going to say... Um, Oh, there's so many good bands. There's a band called The Academic that I like. They're young guys, really good, four-piece, you know, straight-up rock and pop rock, you know, good radio-friendly yeah. songs. Like, they're, they're really good guys as well. Um, apart from that, Gavin James, beautiful voice. He's a singer-songwriter who is just on the cusp of, of doing some big things. Um, I'm a big fan of Little Green Cars. They played yeah. here a few years ago as well. Yeah. So uh, they're great. Great band. Danny's sister's in a band as well. Yeah, my sister's <laughs> in a great band. They're called Thanks Brother. They're they're so good. She's a great songwriter, so I have to give her a plug. There's also there's great. I mean, Hosier we love. Hudson Taylor, another great band we love. The the, the list is endless, you know. So uh, there's another young band doing really well called Picture This, who we who we know quite well. Are are great, you know, pop rock and really really turning heads. So there's there's loads loads out there at the moment. Um, get the get the Irish Spotify playlist going, and you'll get lots of ideas. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I've got some work to do. Fellas, thank you so much. We've been talking with the Coronas here, everybody. Uh, we've been here live backstage at Lollapalooza 2018. Thanks so much. Thanks, Cheers, thank Cheers guys. Thank you. Stay tuned for more artist interviews from Lollapalooza all week long. And if you enjoyed this episode, please let us know via Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. On Apple Podcasts, you can hop on, leave us a five-star review, and if you got some thoughts to share with us, why not write us a review? And on Podchaser, you can not only rate and review this series, Consequence of Sound, but you could also rate and review this specific episode. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you very soon with an all-new episode of Consequence of Sound. Consequence Podcast Network.